love him this evening. Amen. Well, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. It's good to be here with you this evening. We were out this weekend in Connecticut. Uh, I do want to say thank you for your prayers. We had two wonderful services there for a little small group. They send their greetings. They, uh, they stream every service pretty much when they don't have anybody there ministering for them live. So just another outreach of Even Like Tabernacle. Brother Craig and I both have been sharing the opportunity to go to this little group. It's wonderful people. But tonight, while we have the opportunity, let's make the best of it in the house of the Lord. Give God our all tonight. Let us focus on what we're here for. We're not here to just to uh, see one another, though that is great, but we're here to see the Lord and have him speak to us. So let's just bow for prayer. Gracious Father, we want you to know tonight that we do love you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that's been afforded us in this hour to serve a living God. Lord, not only that, but Lord, while there's millions out there groping in darkness, Lord, the light has shone upon us. And we recognize who we are. We recognize who you are, Father. And I'm just asking tonight, Lord, for both the speaker and the hearer, that we each will get ourselves out of the way and allow them, the Holy Spirit just to minister tonight. God, I'll do my part, and that's to get out of the way. And I pray that the people will do their part, and that's to pull and receive from the gift of God. Lord, truly thou art wonderful, Lord, in all thy ways. And Lord, as we look on the world that we live in, we see the darkness all around and what a privilege and an honored people we are to have been hand-selected by Almighty God before the foundation of the world to be your children. So I'm asking today, Father, you let that revelation strike our hearts more than ever before, Father, exactly who we are in this hour. We just commit this service now to you, dear God. May you bless it through the remainder of the service, Lord. May there just be a spirit of liberty here, Lord, to be able to speak the things that's on my heart. Lord, may you just take my tongue and tie it up to anything that would be not like you, Father. And may you anoint the ears of the hearer, Lord, to be able to hear exactly what the Spirit wants said. We just commit this time to you now, Lord. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to look here in Judges 2, and, uh, verse 11. Good to see my cousin Monica and Lisa. Good to have you all with us tonight. Also, Brother Zane, good to see you. Have y'all with us tonight? Have y'all sojourning with us? I hadn't been here since you guys have been here, so it's great to see you. Tonight, I want to just take a thought that we preached last month that Brother Nathan Bryant, since Brother Timothy, I kind of let the cat out of the bag a few weeks ago, but I want to speak to you tonight on your Shamgar moment. Now, notice your Shamgar moment, not mine, but yours. You make it personal tonight. And we read here in Judges 2 and verse 11, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them. And they bowed themselves unto them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. And they provoked the Lord, and they served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them. And he sowed them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Notice the condition that they got themselves into, that they could not stand any longer before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and that they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them, and yet they were not hearkening to their judges, but they went a-whoring after other gods, and they bowed themselves unto them. And they turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord. But they did not so. 
And when the Lord raised him up judges, then the Lord was with the judge, and he delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by the reason of them that oppressed him and vexed him. And it came to pass... When the judge was dead, that they returned and they corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. Turn to Judges 5 and verse 6 and then we'll have you be seated. Judges 5 and verse 6, it says, In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked. Through byways. You can be seated this evening. As I said, we're going to speak to you tonight just for a little bit. Uh, Brother Tim said, Brother Joe, don't you hold him as long as I did Sunday. I said, nope, <laughs> no problem. We, won't, <laughs> we will not do that. But we find here in our scripture reading in Judges 2, we find what the historians would call the Judges cycle. And we find that it's a cycle much like we have today, the cycle of revival and death. There's a time of peace. And during this time of peace, the the children of Israel got cold on God. They got indifferent. They slipped into idolatry, and their idolatry led them to evil behavior. And their evil behavior led them to bondage of the enemy until they began to cry out for God for deliverance. And what did God do? God sent them a judge. And as long as the judge was there, God was with them. But as soon as that judge died, they slipped again back into this cycle of, uh, of the judge's cycle or to where they were in peace and in idolatry, evil behavior. And the reason being because at this time there was no king to rule over the people. The men married the daughters of the neighboring lands. They gave their daughters to the men of the neighboring lands. And I just say tonight, you know, as we see what's going on in our ranks and the message ranks and men trying to pull this way and trying to pull this way, I believe that we as a people of God should stay straight with the word of God in this hour. We find that they begin to worship the gods of the neighboring and lands and let us be careful tonight as sons and daughters of God not to worship their gods not to worship their gods of sports not to worship their gods of movies not to worship their gods of music and fashion and church entity but let us remain faithful to this message to our God to our calling to what we're here for and it's not to serve some idol God but it's to serve the one true living God so let us remain faithful in this end time And we find when Shamgar came on the scene, the Philistines invaded the land that was given to God's people. So Shamgar and the children of Israel were now living in enemy territory. If you don't think we're living in enemy territory in Laodicea, you got it wrong. We find they're living in enemy territory, the land that was given to them, the land that was promised them, the land that belonged to them, the land that they occupied, the land that they operated freely in, the land that they employed control over the enemy, the land they had dominion, and now they're being ruled by alien forces. Their homes have been invaded. Their jobs have been invaded. And it's much like Laodicea. Our homes have been invaded. We find today video games are controlling the minds of young men. In the message, our homes have been invaded. Hollywood fashion, Sister Adrienne, if you throw that pick up. Hollywood fashion has invaded our homes today. And our sisters today look like prostitutes. Picture number one. Hold on, she's going to get there. We got to have these pics. I'll be like Brother John Andes. It'll be a blessing, brother. It'll be a blessing as soon as they get it. 
but we find Hollywood fashion. You know, you don't, we don't like to just kind of talk anymore around the message. Because, you know, notice here, see this picture here? This is a 1957 prostitute. And yet she's got more modesty than some of our sisters around this message do today. 1957, a prostitute. You see there a prostitute on the Van Hare, some other Wayland or whatever. I can't, that's French. And I can't speak French or read French or do anything in French. But we find, you can, you can take it down, but we find today that our homes have been invaded and our sisters have been invaded with their tight tops and their tight skirts and their makeup and their cutting of hair. And if that was a prostitute in 1957, it's a prostitute today. God doesn't change his thoughts. God doesn't change his mind. No, people may change. Times may change. But God ever remains the same. And if that was a prostitute then, that look was a prostitute look then. It's a prostitute look today. And it's time that we get away from looking like the gods and the people of this world. Our schools have been invaded. Young men going into schools and turning guns on their peers. Our jobs have been invaded. Do you know that 80% of men look at pornography while on the job? Our churches have been invaded. As Brother Tim and I had done the study, and he had kind of shared some of it with me with pornography, 57% of pastors and 64% of youth pastors have struggled, if not they're struggling with the addiction of pornography. How can you help somebody else when you're under the bondage and under the control of a demon enemy? And we find motherhood has been invaded. Laws are being passed now in New York to allow women in the very last month of their pregnancy, they have the right to take the life of that child. Whole church, we're living in enemy territory. You can't go anywhere or do anything today without feeling the oppression of this age. Demon spirits have been released in this age for one purpose is to stop the shamgars. To steal every promise away from Shamgar. To, to rob the believer of every promise. To keep you from living a victorious life in the promised land. Oh, it may be evil all around us, but I believe tonight God is looking for a Shamgar. God is looking for a man and a woman, a young person, or an older person, or a middle-aged person. That'll stand there and say, I'll take the challenge tonight. I'll be a Shamgar. I'll hold the banner true and faithful. We notice that Shamgar comes on the scene after 20 years the Philistines have invaded the land and oppressed the children of God for 20 years. They've left that cycle of peace. They begin to grow cold on God and they allow, and God allowed the enemy to oppress them to a state that they were depressed. They were intimidated. They were fearful and they were weak and they couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't rise up against the enemy. And the Bible says in Judges 5 and verse 6, in the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied. And the travelers walked through the byways. Notice their highways were infested with robbers. The traveler, if he was going to go anywhere, he had to seek out the most intricate ways to get there for fear of losing his life. See, they had to go the byways. Now, when you came here, if you go on a trip and you pull up the GPS, you're not taking the long way. Right? 
No, you're taking the shortest route, the quickest way. It's got plenty of stops along the way. Nice food, restaurants, gas, and all that. You're not taking the long way around. But these people were forced to go the long way, the byways, the ways that wasn't common in fear of their life. They couldn't walk down the street without the fear of a Philistine general or somebody taking their own life. And the prophet of God will tell us in this world is falling apart again. He says, just think, what could you promise yourself today in another 10 to 15 years if the world should stand? If it does stand that, every man in Shreveport, every woman, you'll have to pack a gun on the street with you in your pocket to protect yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived. We have arrived. That's the day in which we're living in. Many of y'all told you the story about me being robbed several months ago at knife point with a knife two inches away from my neck. And the man would have done what he said he would have done if I had not given him the money that he asked for. And I'm going to tell you, life ain't worth $250. It's not worth losing your life, but we're living in a dangerous age. We're living in an age of uncertainty, an age of tension, an age of insanity where men no longer value the life of another man. It's an age of oppression. And yet God is looking for a sham guard. God is looking for somebody that says, I'll take the challenge. I'll, I'll allow the word to excite me and incite me. Notice here, their roads or public ways or public highways have been deserted. Their villages were depopulated. Their fields were not tilled. Their cities were blocked up. There were no trade caravans. The country was overran with enemy forces. Everything was wretched and miserable to poor Israel. The armies of Israel, there was not any. The land was in full anarchy and confusion. They were disarmed, dispirited, and helpless. And that's the state that they lived in until it pleased God to send them a judge. See, they had to be vigilant about their travel. And the Bible tells us and warns us in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8 to be sober. To be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That word vigilant there means to be awake, to give strict attention to. Let me tell you, church, tonight and, and now is not the time to be lulled to sleep and lay to see him by her beauty, by her riches, by everything that she can offer you. The mind of man out there is on evil continually. If you don't have the Holy Ghost in this hour, you're insane. You're going to go insane if not already there. It's time pay attention to what's taking place in the house of God around the spirit of God where the movement of the spirit is and getting caught up with it and being raptured with the message of this hour notice fear gripped the people much like it's gripping the people today what we find in Judges 3 and verse 31 if you'll take your Bibles and turn there Judges 3 and verse 31 says after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath. We slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox gold, and he also delivered Israel. Notice what he did. He slew 600 men. Well, that's just great, but that wasn't all that he done. And he delivered a nation. I wonder about some of us fathers tonight, if you just not only defeat your Philistine, what about fight for your family and deliver your family from that spirit that's trying to come in? 
pornography devil is trying to come in. Or that spirit of lust is trying to come in. Or that spirit of Hollywood fashion is trying to come on your daughter. What about standing and delivering your family? It's time that we fight, church. It's time that we make a stand in this hour. It's time we stand for righteousness. And it starts with the head of the home. It starts with us leaders. It starts with the Shamgar. Today, we're living in a desperate time. We're living in a wicked age. Shamgar lived in a desperate time. And he had to do desperate things. 2 Peter 3 and verse 1 says, And know also that in the last days, that's today, that perilous times will come. The word perilous there means difficult or dangerous. For men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. That word unholy means wicked. Men will be wicked, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce. The word fierce there means savage. It means not tamed. Otherwise, we see in the world that we live in, men who are savages or untamed are like wild animals. They just as soon kill you than look at you. Despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than they are lovers of God. And yet it's in this age, it's in this hour that God is calling young men and young women, God is calling sons and daughters to rise above the cares of this world, to not allow the, the influence of this world and the fear of this world and the conditions of this world to taint you and to get you to not believe that your God that you serve is greater than the condition all around us. Amen. You say, well, Brother Joe, who am I? Who am I? I'm just a young person. I feel like a little midget up here. Can't get my jacket off. <laughs> my, my, my. Fighting up here. Y'all got to help me fight tonight. Yes, Say, Brother Joe, who am I? I'm just a young person. How many of you ever felt that way? Amen. I expect some old people to raise their hands up, and they did. I'm just a housewife. I'm just a construction guy or a nurse or an accountant. I'm just a nobody. What can I really do? Let me just tell you what your prophet said. In the message preparation, he says, Now, little old Shamgar, there was no king, but who was he? He was just a lay member. He was just a lay member. And in the message's influence, the prophet of God will say, you just put one or two good members in the church that's really on fire for God. It'll do something for that church more than 40 revivals would do. He didn't say give me one or two good evangelists or one or two good deacons or one or two good preachers or one or two good teachers. He said to give me one or two good lay members in the church that's on fire for God that'll say amen to the word that'll get behind the movement of the spirit. It'll do more for that church than 40 revivals would do. What about if God can plant two, two good people on fire for God in this service tonight? It'll change the atmosphere of this service. You begin to pull on the word of God. You begin to pull. What do you do? You bring the spirit of God down to you. Oh, it'll make an excitement. It'll begin to catch fire. And you'll begin to realize there'll be a revival start right here at Evening Light Tabernacle. One or two. I'll tell you what, I'll take one tonight. One of you make your mind up and get behind this move. Get behind the word of God tonight. See what God will do for you. I promise you he won't disappoint you. 
Notice Shamgar. He was a son of Anath. Otherwise, he was unknown. There was no notice given to his tribe or his family. There was no mention of his genealogy. He was not a leader of the army. He was not a well-known figurehead in Israel. It appeared that Shamgar was just a nobody. He was a mere farmer, tending his own business, taking care of his own family, but God knew Shamgar. Did you hear what I said tonight? God knew Shamgar. And you, just a church member, you may not be known by the masses. Outside of these four walls, nobody may even know who your name is in the message. Because you're not sitting up here. And, but that doesn't matter. The same God that knew Shamgar knew what field he would be in, knew what would take place. He's the same God tonight that knows about you. He knows your name. He knows your problems. He knows the plight that you got with the enemy. He knows all about your struggles. And he's here to tell you the same way he did to Shamgar. He's here to anoint you for your Shamgar moment that you make your decision. I'm going to stand in this hour. I'm going to fight in this hour. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. I'm not going to be in. I'm not going to break. I'm going to take God at his word tonight. He said I can. He said I will. I believe him tonight. Your names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. Your names are engraved on the palms of his hand. He knows you. And he's looking for that moment that you come in, you become inspired by the word. The moment that you resist the enemy and you decide, I'm not stepping aside. I'm done stepping aside. I'm stepping up to fight. The moment that you refuse to allow the enemy to come and rob you of your promise. Some of you, he's taking your joy. He's taking your health. He's taking your deliverance. He's taking this and he's taking this. And it seems like you go to a service and you're up on the mountaintop only just to get a few weeks out. Bam, you're back in the valley. Because why? Because Shamgar, I mean, because the Philistines army become, they come down and they begin to steal everything that God had given you. Notice the odds were against him. 600 to 1. Now, how many wants those odds tonight? No takers. Brother Brandon, you don't want 600 to 1? Young man, full of energy. No, the odds were against him. They were crazy odds. Let's show that picture. Let's look at this. Let's talk about some other odds. We all familiar with this story, right? But I, to me, it never gets old. Because I see somebody had a Shamgar moment at Even Light Tabernacle. We find here in this picture, 1227, 1917, the Philistine army said, you know what? We're going to take her with stage four lymphatic cancer. But let me tell you, and that's exactly what the devil would have done. That's exactly what his purpose was. That's exactly what he was trying to do. But a Shamgar was sitting back in the back at the end of a service. She rose up to her feet and said, I refuse. I refuse tonight. I refuse to allow cancer to take my life. I refuse to allow cancer to rob my family of a mother, of a wife. I refuse. And two months later, two months later, what did God do? Because somebody decided to have a Shamgar moment. Somebody, somebody decided, I'm going to serve God. I'm not giving up. Though there's a death sentence on me, I'm going to serve God. Oh, hallelujah. The odds were against Sister Lana, but God wasn't. 
And the odds may be against you tonight. Your odds may be physical odds. They may be spiritual odds. They may be, they may be financial odds or domestic odds. But I want you to know tonight, I don't care what odds you're facing. If God be for you, who can be against you? If God be for you, who? What devil? What cancer? What tormentor? What spirit of evilness? What can be against you tonight? If God be on your side, you can't lose. If God be on your side, you won't lose tonight. Oh, let that revelation strike in your heart tonight and you'll have a Shamgar moment. The Bible says in Mark 10, 27, for with God, all things are possible. I said with God, all things are possible. Give me just a little bit more volume up here if you don't mind. Your situation, your situation may appear to be impossible. It may appear there's no way out. The doctors may say your sickness is incurable. According to their report, your marriage it may be on the brinks of destruction and it may seem to be irreparable because too much has been said, too much hurt, too much this, too much that. But I ask you, whose report are you going to believe? Shamgar, you've got to recognize who you are. You've got to recognize who you belong to. Quit listening to the doctor's report. Quit listening to that man's report or that, that certain sister's report. Listen to what God says about it. He's the God of impossibilities. He loves to take impossible cases and mold it and work it and fashion it and see somebody triumph over the enemy. See, the brother man makes a statement. He says, no matter how much odds is against you, God is for you if you take his word. There's your key. Take God's word. Too many times we allow the enemy to flood our minds with doubt. We allow our, the enemy to flood our minds with unbelief and fear and anxiety and worry and this and that. I'm not going to make it. I'm never going to be good enough. And we listen to that and we begin to reason with the enemy. The time is, a, is now is to realize that if God be for you tonight, who can be against you? Quit listening to the lie of the enemy and put your focus back on what God has said about you. Luke 137 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Luke 18 and 27, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. I'm trying to tell you tonight, church, your situation is not impossible. It may be impossible for you, but it's not impossible for your God. So take your eyes off your problem. Take your eyes off your sickness. Take your eyes off your financial woes. Take your eyes off your marriage problems and put your eyes back on Jesus Christ. Put your eyes back on the Word of God. Put your eyes back on the one who can make beauty from ashes. Put your eyes back on the one who formed you and fashioned you in his image. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, I can. I can do all things. Well, Brother Joe, that's a nice little Sunday school scripture. No, it's not. I can. How about some of us start with that tonight? So when you get up the next tomorrow morning, that needs to be what you say, I can. I can. Too many times we wake up and we're full of doubt. We don't even get our feet off the bed and we're just already defeated. But no, we need to take this, I can. I can do what? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. 
That means I can face my giant. I can face the fire. I can face the lies. I can face whatever the devil wants to throw at me. I can face it. I can. And I can do more greater things. Because why? Because Christ gives me strength. He is my hope. He is my strength. He is everything to the believer. If you can only wake up and realize I can do all things. I can. I will. I do believe. I can. I will. I do believe. He heals me now. He delivers me today. He sets me free. I can. I will. I believe you, God. I'm here tonight to testify. You can tonight. You will tonight. And God will show himself faithful to you tonight because I can. I can take God at his word. I can take God at his word and the impossibilities will be mine. They will be my manifestation. The devil says you can't, but God says you already have. Oh, hallelujah. Recognize that God is on your side. And with God on your side, you can't lose. With God on your side, young people, you won't lose. That pornography spirit trying to bombard your mind, bombard your thoughts. With God on your side, there's no losing. You've already got the victory. But you got to have a Shamgar moment. See, it may look like you're surrounded. It may look like we're surrounded. Oh, there's enemies all around. Oh, but if you can just open your eyes to the supernatural. If you can open your eyes right now on the supernatural, you'll see right now around even like tabernacle, there's angels, angels that has been dispatched for you. Oh, this place is full of angels tonight. They've been dispatched so you can't lose, so you won't lose. When Brother Craig and I were in the back dealing with that lady that had that demonic spirit, there was a point in back there that we were back there. She looked up and she said, angels of all around. What was it? God had dispatched angels because he knew we wasn't losing that battle that night. Oh, we were determined, Brother Craig. If I had to stay all night, I was willing to stay. I wasn't going to let him be defeated. I wasn't giving up. And God said, I'm going to send you a host of angels. We're not giving up. We're not giving in. We're going to fight this thing through. God's going to get the victory. I'm going to tell you, God's going to get the victory tonight in your life, in your life, in your home. He's going to get the victory. I can, I will, I believe tonight, Lord. In an age of unbelief, I take you at your word. Teddy Roosevelt said this, do what you can with what you have where you are. Do what you can with what you have where you are. So what did Shamgar do that was so great, so vain? He did what he could. What did he do? He resisted. When the odds were against him, he resisted. And I'm telling you tonight, young people, it's time to resist. Resist the enemy and he shall flee. So what can he do? And I believe tonight God is calling for men and women to stand on the principles of God. To stand on the ethics of this message. Look, you can hang your soul on every quote. You can hang your soul on every scripture of the Bible. Oh, quit giving in to doubt. Quit giving in to reason. Quit giving in that, oh, I never will be this or I never will be that. Quit trying to be that and just be what God's called you to be. God is calling people. He's not asking you to do great momentous things. He's just asking you to do what you can. 
We know the story about the little washwoman, but I don't mind saying it again because to me, it just excites me. Brother Bam talks about a little washwoman. A little early days in the Methodist days, she wanted to do something for the Lord. Excuse me. She wanted to do something for the Lord. She was washing, and she saved her money, and she got a dollar and a half. Man, that's a wild lot of money, wasn't it? A dollar and a half it was back in that day. And I believe to have an old preacher to come and preach for, and she had rent a lively stable for the quarter, for a quarter or something for that night. She cleaned out the stable, and she put a little uh, wash bench down for an altar. And Brother Bam says, just to show how simple it is to you housewives now, See, you say, oh, Brother Bannon, if I could preach. You don't have to. Your testimony, your influence, your life. You don't have to be a preacher. Just do what you can. Oh, she got some tracks. She went out on the corner advertising the meeting, passing them out. And every time somebody got a hold of one, they throw it down. Oh, you fanatic, you holy roller. Then a little old boy came by with ragged trousers, had his daddy's suspenders over his shoulders, his hair hanging down. And he said, lady, what are you giving away there? She said, son, it's some tracks. She handed him one. He says, well, I can't read. She says, well, it says that we're going to have a meeting up here tonight. He says, well, can I come? She says, yeah, honey, you must come. All right, I'll do that. And that night, after all her efforts and week, the old faithful minister coming, he got into the pulpit and he prayed and he sung a song, just him and the lady. And she sat out there as his audience. I'll tell you what, today, if we just came to church and I flew all the way to Connecticut and there was only one person in there, I wouldn't think we'd have much of a service. Oh, but she was doing something that she could. She was doing all that she could. And Brother Bam talks about, he says, now, and after a while, staggering in the door was a little ragged-looking kid, hair hanging down in his face. You know who it was? Dwight Moody. He said that night he knelt to the altar and he sent a million souls to God. Oh, let me tell you, she was doing all that she could. And what did she do? She won the girl, the world's greatest revivalist, and he won a million souls for the kingdom of God just because she had a burden on her heart. She couldn't do much. All she had was a dollar and a half, but she did enough to merit the kingdom of God. And what about you tonight? Just do something for God. Do Give God all that you can with what you have. Shamgar had an ox gold. It was a stick eight feet long. One end on it was six inches. They said it had a, like a point on one end and a, and a scalpel, or not a scalpel, but a scrape on the other end, a chisel-like thing to knock the dirt off the plow. So God is asking you to do what you can. He don't ask you to all be a preacher or a deacon. Just be a housewife. Let's live in a testimony. Be an accountant. It's being faithful to the job. Do your masonry, your construction work. Serve God in the capacity in which he's called you. And you don't have to go overseas to do it. You can do it right here in Evenlight Tabernacle. You can do it on your jobs. You can do it at your schools. Just do something for God. Do what you can with what you have where you are. So what's in your hand? He talks about it. Brother Branham, he says, now what's in your hand? You say, well, Brother Branham, I ain't got nothing in my hand. He goes, you might have a prayer card. Now notice, in that day when they got a prayer card, it was, it was priceless because they knew if that number was called, they would get the opportunity to walk up here and not only be in the presence of Brother Branham, but be standing next to the angel of the Lord and have their case discerned. And listen to what the prophet of God says. He says, what's in your hand? You say, Brother Branham, I ain't got nothing in my hand. You might have a prayer card. Drop the thing on the ground and rise in the name of Jesus Christ and say, I take Christ as my healer tonight. 
Oh, church, that's all you got to do. This ain't some superstition that we have in this hour. No, you can believe God right there in your seat and your life be completely changed. Just take what you have in your hand. See, the miracle is not what you don't have. Let me say that again. The miracle is not in what you don't have, but it's what God has already placed in your hand. It's what God has already gifted you. So stop looking at what you don't have. Because many times, well, I can't sing. I joke about that, but I ain't worried about singing. So you say, well, I can't preach, Brother Joe, and I don't play an instrument, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. Stop looking what everybody else is doing. Quit looking at what's in everybody else's hand and look at your own hand, what God has gifted you. See, what you got in your possession, God has only given it to you, and he's given it to you to put it back in his hand, to put it back in his kingdom, to put it back in action so that he can bless what he has given to you so that you can realize that he's the same God. You may not have the gift to preach. You may not have the gift to play an instrument. You may not have that gift or this gift or your sister's gift or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just use the gift that God has given to you. Do what you can with what you have and where you are tonight, church. Quit looking all around at everybody else's gifts and their talents with envy and, and, and desire in your eyes and say, God, let me see what you're giving me tonight. Amen. You know, your gift tonight may be just a big hearty amen. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Joe, I can't do this and I can't do that. But you know, how many of y'all got a mouth? Yeah. Well, about half of you. <laughs> and yes, sometimes we know that, don't we, Brother Tim? Because half of you don't say nothing. No, God's giving you something. He's given you an opportunity to respond to the word. That may be your ox gold tonight. You can take that amen and say, devil, I don't believe you. I'm going to say amen to the word. I'm going to get behind the word. And let me tell you, I'll put that ox gold in the word and let it create an atmosphere. Let it create an atmosphere that the Holy Ghost can come down and begin to move and move and move and set free and deliver. much time I got can't go three hours (laughs) see allow the supernatural to take what's in your hand to anoint it to destroy your enemy take what he's already given you because he's given you exactly what you need to destroy your Philistine I remember the testimony. Next picture. There's a lot to this testimony. There's one special part that I remember is at a youth camp. Where's Mariah at tonight? She not here? She's over. Where's she at? Stand up. <laughs> Mariah, usually everywhere I go. I remember in a prayer line, Brother Tim, she come up with two bobby pins. Oh, it didn't look like much, did it? She come up with two bobby pins. She says, When I get to the other side of this prayer line, I want to put these back in my hair. When I get through the prayer line, the devil said there's no way alopecia is incurable. And if your hair happens to grow back out, it'll be a different color. It'll be this and it'll be that. Let me tell you next picture and you can look at it right here. What did you see? You seen God came and he took what was in her hand. And you look tonight, she's got those barrettes in her hair tonight. Why? Because she took God at his word. That devil says she couldn't, but God said you can. I can. I will. I do believe. I said I can. I will. I do believe that he heals me. He 
delivers me. He sets me free. I believe it tonight. I believe it tomorrow. I believe it in my lowest point. I believe tonight. I can. I will. I believe you, God. She took what she had in her hand and defeated alopecia. Oh, she took what she had and defeated her Philistine. What about a Shamgar? She had her moment. Sister Lana had her moment. Brother David Dexter had his moment. Drew Dexter had his moment. What about your moment? Sister Karen had her moment. Come on, Shamgar. I know you've been oppressed for 20 years. I know you've been under fear and anxiety and depression. But somebody's going to rise. Brother Bam said, what kind of weapon are you going to use? He said, Pharaoh got a lot of chariots, a lot of swordsmen, a lot of horsemen, and everything like that. What did Moses have? He had a crooked stick. Yeehaw, great. I got a stick. You know, sometimes that's what we think about the gift that God's given us. Great. This is all I got. You want me to go down to Egypt, Brother Craig, with this crazy stick? No. No, God said, you throw that thing on the ground. He was going to show you it was more than a stick. Threw it on the ground. It turned into a snake. Moses kind of backed away from it. He said, pick it back up. He picked it back up. Turned back to a stick. Threw it back down. Janice and James threw theirs down. What happened? God was showing that he was greater than their, than their God. Moses' stick swallowed their sticks. What am I trying to tell you tonight? Your God is greater than your enemy tonight. Just throw your stick on the ground. Take what's in your hand and go to fighting the Philistines with it. Well, I said, you may not be able to whistle, but you can do something. Whatever's in your hand, use it for the glory of God. Give it to him and let him bless it. And watch what takes place. Certainly, no matter what it is, it may seem little and insignificant to you, but you give it over to God one time. I tell you what, the Red Seas will start parting. Give that thing over to God tonight. If I could just get you to believe tonight. If I could just get you to look beyond your cares. Look beyond your worries. Look beyond your situation. And look to the promise of God. Oh, I'm here to tell you tonight. Shamgar, you are victorious. What do I got, Brother Joe? Romans 12, 3 says, God had dealt to every man a measure of faith. God had dealt to everybody, every man, a measure of faith. You got faith. Well, brother, I don't feel like it. We don't base our relationship and we don't base our experience on how we feel. Brother Bam says, what little faith you got, press it in yonder and put it on the cross of Calvary and believe God's promise for it and watch what takes place, how it'll multiply. So take your faith and turn it loose tonight and let it take you into deeper depths of God's word. Let it take you and produce greater victories. Let it take you into higher heights. Let it take you beyond your fears, beyond your complexes, beyond your worries, beyond your day-to-day struggles. Let it take you tonight into the presence of the Almighty where all things are possible for them that believe. Think about Martha real quick. Martha, here our brother Lazarus was dead four days. Skin worms starting to grow through his body. His nose beginning to sink in and they done call for Jesus and he wouldn't come and finally he shows up. Brother Bam says, even, he goes, even when all hopes were gone, yet she was satisfied. 
If she can only get him to ask. See, if she can only get him to ask, it would take place. Now, see how we need faith like that. So your situation may appear to be impossible, but even now, Lord, whatsoever you ask God, God will give it. Oh, it may look like your son and your daughter is never going to come back. It seems like the devil's taking them farther and farther and farther away. But even now, Lord, whatever you ask the Father, it'll happen. She had to believe, the prophet of God said, for the impossibilities. And the impossibilities are made real when God is taken at his word. If you'll take God at his word tonight for your situation, that situation will not be impossible. But even now, Lord, Moses with a staff and the Red Sea parted. Joshua, all he had in his hand was a ram's horn. And he blew it and the walls of Jericho came crashing down. David, a little kid with a sling. That's all he had. Didn't seem to be much, but it knocked down a Goliath. Samson had an old dry brittle bone of a jawbone of an ass. He said, How in the world is this brittle jawbone going to do anything? But he defeated 1,000 Philistines. So, whatever you have, big or small, give it to God and have your Shamgar moment. I say, Give it to God. He said, Well, brother, that's, that's foolish. 1 Corinthians 1.27 said, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the mind of the wise. That's right. Oh, a little stick. Moses come, come up and hold a stick above his head. And it looked foolish to all of Egypt. But what did it do? The Red Sea parted. It looked foolish, but it opened up. Oh, Joshua blew the ram's horn after seven times walking around. And the walls of Jericho came crashing down. It looked foolish, but it happened. So whatever your ox gold is tonight, whatever God has placed in your hand, use it to destroy your Philistines. Shamgar was merely a, merely a laborer. He took something that wasn't even considered a weapon. It was a farming implement, and he defeated 600 Philistines. But I ask you, what instruments tonight look weak when the Lord commissions them for battle? I was thinking about this and this is just my crazy thought. I was thinking you can get an old dry noodle or a wet noodle and if God wanted to whip the devil with a wet noodle, he could whip the devil with a wet noodle. And that would be almost merely impossible. But all things are possible for them that believe. Now I'm not going to test that out. That's just my theory. We say, Brother Joe, well, I made mistakes. How many of y'all made mistakes? You know Shamgar made mistakes. 20 years he lived in defeat. 20 years of Philistines visited his farm and they took everything. 20 years they took his barley, they took his wheat, they took his grain, they took his corn and he looked over at his wife and he said, I'm a failure because I didn't resist. I didn't stand up. What kind of leader am I? What kind of man am I? 20 years he had mind battles. No doubt he wrestled in his mind what he could have done, what he should have done. How many times he'd been defeated. But one time God's spirit began to anoint him. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God's not asking you to stand in your own human ability. He's asking you to be strong in him and his might. Be strong in the Lord. And the Bible also tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Notice God didn't give you weak weapons. 
God gave you prayer. And the prophet of God prayer, he said that prayer is the greatest weapon ever placed in the hands of a mortal man. It's greater than any atomic bomb. The problem is we don't know how to pray. We don't know when to pray. And we don't know it. We know when we get down to pray, the devil's there to attack us. But the prophet of God says it's the greatest weapon. It's time tonight that even like tabernacle, you drop the atomic bomb of prayer on that devil that's been tormenting you and you refuse to give up. You start praying until you have a breakthrough and say, God, I'm going to stay here until something lets go tonight and I'll have my Shamgar moment. The name Shamgar, it means, to, it means sword. So Shamgar became a sword in the hand of God. He became an instrument of destruction in the hand of God. How many of you tonight want to be that instrument? God, I want to be an instrument in your hand that you can use, that you will use to destroy every demon. You see all these demons that have been released out of the river Euphrates. Let me be an instrument tonight that rises up against it. Let me be one that you use that refuses to give up, that refuses to give in, that refuses to take the dictates of the enemy, but I'll stand on your word. If I lose every tooth in my mouth, I'll gum them till I die. God, let me stay there. Let me stay put on this word. Let me tell you, church, if you'll do that tonight, God will do impossible things. God will do great things in your life. He'll do great things in your marriage. He'll do great things on your job. He'll do great things at this church if you'll just take them at his word tonight. God called an ordinary man to do extraordinary things in a troublesome time with something that wasn't even considered a weapon. He called an ordinary man, a lay member, to do extraordinary things in a very difficult time with something that wasn't even considered a weapon. See, Shamgar had to realize somebody's got to stop. Somebody's got to stand up against the Philistines. Somebody's got to stop them from pillaging. Somebody's got to resist them from coming in year after year. Somebody's going to have to resist. Somebody's going to have to break the Philistine cycle of coming year after year after year. And I tell you, even like Tabernacle, sons and daughters of God, it's time that somebody says, I refuse to keep going through that revival or that cycle of revival and death. But I'm going to break that cycle tonight. That cycle of genetics. That cycle of inheritance. That cycle that keeps coming down and plagues his family. And then that family. I refuse tonight. I'm going to be that somebody that stands against that recycle. I'm going to be that somebody that refuses to allow that Philistine to come and steal, that come and kill, and come and take my family, and take my children, and take my health, and take everything that God's promised to me. Shamgar was determined to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy. When the church ain't around, I'm going to be that guy. He was the one. That was determined. When he stood all alone, he knew he was standing on God's word. He knew God gave Abraham a promise that thy seed shall possess the gates of its enemy. And he recognized he was the seed of Abraham. And I ask you tonight, will you be the one that chooses to fight for your family? What about it, Father? Will you be the one that applies the token to the home? Will you be the one that gets all the trash out of your house? Oh, we're getting quiet. But what about it? Somebody's going to break the cycle. I'm going to tell you, God is calling the Shamgar. God is calling young women to quit cutting your hair and quit putting on makeup and quit stripping down and live a godly, modest life. He's calling young boys, get the skinny jeans off and let your hair grow out and look like a man. And may you just dress right and act right and live right and be a virtuous son and daughter of God. God is calling for a Shamgar tonight. 
somebody says, yes, Lord, I'm standing on that word, Lord. I'm going to be that somebody in Laodicea. It's Satan's eat. I refuse to give up. Somebody's going to stand for truth. Somebody's going to stand for their children. Not just going to let the world just take them out without a fight. Somebody's going to fight for the marriage. You found some reason to fall in love with them to begin with. Fight to get it back. Somebody's going to stand against the current move within this message. They're trying to take you outside of the eighth or the Laodicean age and put you in an eighth day. We heard all about the eighth day this past Sunday. You can't go beyond the Laodicean age. So stay right there within that age. See, miracles will begin when you take God at his word. They'll begin when you take that gift that God's placed in your hand and you give it to him. See, little is much if God is in it. I got to hurry. My goodness. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. You can't think about the blessings that God can bestow upon you. You can't fathom the battles that God is ready to win and fight for you because your mind will not allow you to think because he can do exceeding abundantly above all that you can even imagine. What a mighty God we serve. He said, Brother Joe, I get scared. I don't know how to do this and I don't know how to do that. John Wayne said it like this. He says, courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyway. It's being scared to death. But John Wayne, the Duke, he didn't look like he was scared ever. He just got up and rode. That's what we got. That's what we need to do. God knows that you're scared. But let me tell you, you get up and ride on the power of his word, there ain't nothing to fear. There ain't a devil in hell to stand before you. You can be greater than the Duke because why? You're a son and daughter of God. He can only suggest that. But I'm looking at sons and daughters tonight. If you've got the courage tonight, oh, let me tell you, every devil in hell is below you tonight. They're underneath your feet tonight. God used a farmer. He could have made every excuse. Well, I'm just a nobody. Nobody knows my daddy. He wasn't a preacher. and I'm just a farmer. I ain't never been in a fight. I don't know how to do war. I'm outnumbered. I don't have any weapons. I'm just a housewife. I'm just a young person. But instead of making excuses, his righteous indignation. He got a little angry. So what we need to do tonight is put our excuses aside and realize who your God is. Daniel eleven thirty two says, but the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The people that know their God. That people that's witnessed their God in action. The people that's standing on God's word, they're looking for God. They see God. The people that know, they have an understanding of God. They shall be weak and do nothing. No, the Bible says they shall be strong and do exploits. I'm talking to a bunch of sham guards tonight that are not strong in your own human ability, but you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and you shall tonight do exploits. What is that exploit, Joe? Rising above cancer, rising above alopecia, rising above brain breeze, rising above this fear and this anxiety and this torment and this homosexual spirit and this spirit of lust and this spirit of pornography. It's rising above all these things. So no matter how big the giant or how hot the fire or how hungry the lions are, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one that even like tabernacle that gets behind every word. See, God can do great things through ordinary people when ordinary people put their lives in the hands of an extraordinary God.
If you're writing that down, I'll say it again. God can do great things through ordinary people. When ordinary people put their lives in the hands of an extraordinary God. Oh, church. Shamgar, let me me start bringing this to a close. Shamgar, it's time to fight. Brother Tim, it's time to fight. Brother Mike, it's time to fight. Brother Brandon, you young boys, it's time to fight. That spirit that keeps pressing in and pressing in and pressing in says you're never going to rise above it, it's time to fight. It's time you have your Shamgar moment. You young sisters, the same thing. You've been battling this and battling this fear and, and all these other things. It's time you have your Shamgar moment. You know, Shamgar got to the point. Brother Bam said he recognized that he was circumcised. I'm a Jew. I'm an Israelite. And that's an uncircumcised Philistine. He and Brother Bam said in the diseases, they're uncircumcised. Let me tell you, every spirit that would rise against you, it's uncircumcised. Recognize that I'm a child of Abraham. And thy seed shall possess the gates of the enemy. That's an uncircumcised Philistine. That means I got power. I got jurisdiction. I got dominion over that sickness. I got dominion over that spirit. I got dominion over that depression. I got dominion tonight. I'm going to stand tonight. I'm going to rise tonight. And I'm going to have my Shab Gar moment tonight. I refuse to give up. I've been defeated 20 years, but tonight ain't that night. Tonight is my night to have a Sham Gar moment. Tonight is my night to get total victory, total deliverance, total healing, total Holy Ghost filling, total everything tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. The prophet of God would say, Sham Gar. He began to realize. He began to realize he was a son of God. He began to realize. Oh, he heard the stories of Moses, how he split the Red Sea. He heard how Joshua, how the walls of Jericho came crashing down. He heard about David and his sling. He heard all these stories. And all all the other ones said, you know what? Just keep the stories. That's all you got to have to be a a good Jew or a good Israelite. Just keep the stories. But the stories won't defeat your Philistine. Nor will just believing this message to defeat your Philistine. Nor will just push and play defeat your Philistine. It takes somebody to get into action. It takes somebody to take the words off the tape. It takes somebody to meet the God that inspired this message. To meet the God that inspired Brother Branham to proclaim this message. It takes somebody to believe what God has been trying to say through all these years. What did he send a prophet of God for? It was more than just healing. He was trying to get a bride ready because he was going to get a bride dresser ready for what? For a marriage supper of the Lamb. That's why he sent a prophet. It was to get a little bride ready. I'm going to tell you tonight, church, you've been called by God. You've been a Elected by God. You've been anointed by God for what? To be that elect lady in this hour. Brother Bram says, if tonight you're circumcised with the Holy Ghost, you don't have to wait till you're trained to be a warrior. God bless your heart, claim your God, give them privilege, and beat their heads in. I like that kind of talking. Some of you need to just exercise that tonight. Go to beating your devil's head. Brother Joe, that's just nasty. Where's just polite? What about love? I'm so sick of people wanting to love everything. When I turned to the part in the Bible, Jesus platted a whip, got a little mad, flipped over tables, flipped the money around, started whooping people. 
Sometimes it's okay. Let that righteous indignation. You've been tormented year after year, service after service. You come to this service. Why? And you go out robbed. And you go out robbed. And you come into a U-Tech. And you go out robbed. And you come in. You go out defeated. And you're tired of being defeated. Aren't you tired of being robbed by your blessing of your promises of God? Aren't you sick and tired of it? Service after service. Oh, you just kind of like a junkie. You get a shot in the arm and you go out. And you, what did it do? It got you through a service. God's wanting to get you more than through a service. Here he was, a farmer with a nice gold. He slew 600 Philistines with the power of the same God that's on us tonight. He didn't have a promise, but you got a promise. Let me bring this down to an end. My goodness. See, the stories didn't defeat his Philistine. And nor were the stories that you hear about Brother Branham will defeat yours. And you, you take the stories and the God who inspired those stories and make it personal. Right. Shamgar realized that the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, is my God. Here he was, the general of the Philistine army. He said, boys, I want y'all to go to Shamgar's house. It's our annual trip. We've been doing this for 19 years now. This is going to be number 20. Won't y'all go down there? You know he's got the best crop. By this time, I know we're a little bit late, but maybe he's probably got everything put up. He's got the grain put up, the corn put up, the wheat put up. He's got everything put up. I want y'all to go down there. I don't want y'all to hurt Shamgar. I just want y'all to rough him up a little bit. Keep him bound by fear, anxiety, worry. Let him know we're coming back next year. You know, just do the same routine. Do everything you can, but don't kill him because we need his crops. They start heading down there, little peasant boy. So, General, you mind if I tag along? I've, I've heard about this story for several years now. I just want to check things out. I don't care. Fine, go ahead. So he tags along with the Philistine army. So here they come. Here's Shamgar's in his house. He just got done putting all the wheat up, putting all the corn up. Just come out of a good camp meeting, you know, got delivered. Put it up. Yeah, this is great. I feel good. Maybe this year... We'll have enough to get through winter. Looks over at his wife. Looks at his kid. You know, this is going to be the year. Maybe things are changing. And all of a sudden, Trump, Trump, Trump. Shamgar, a little bit of nervousness. Fear beginning to strike. I'm trying to come back on him. What am I going to do? Trump, Trump, Trump. He goes, in just a few minutes, everything's going to be gone. All my wheat's going to be gone. All my corn's going to be gone. All this is going to be gone. Everything that I worked so hard for all spring and all summer, everything's going to be gone in just a few minutes. Trump, Trump, Trump. And it gets closer and closer. But you know, instead of sitting there and worrying about it, he's looking over his wife and her sleeves are all ragged. He looks at his kid and their little pale face. They're going to starve through the winter. And something begin to move on God. The prophet of God will say, the Holy Ghost begin to move on Shamgar. I wonder tonight, can we let the Holy Ghost go to moving on us tonight? Oh, the devil said, I'm gonna, you're going to lose your Holy Ghost. You're going to lose your healing. You're going to lose your deliverance. You're going to lose this. That thing's going to come back on you. Trump, Trump, Trump. But if you can let the Holy Ghost go to moving on you tonight and let that righteous indignation begin to come up. Oh, Shamgar. He didn't have time to go learn. 
word. He didn't have time to go to a seminary. He got up and grabbed hold of a little ox stove. And he ran out there and said, come on, boys. Let's fight to the death. I'm here. I'm not going to go away. This ain't the same Shamgar I was last year. I'm not the same one. Boys, I'm ready to fight. Boys, I'm ready for action. Boys, I mean business. Come Come on. I'm ready. Come on, fear. Come on, fear. You are loud tonight. I'm a son of God. Depression, you are loud tonight. I'm a son of God. Cancer, you go back to hell where you came from. I'm not giving up tonight. You want to fight? I'm ready to fight. A little peasant boy, he runs. Runs all the way back. General, General, we got a problem. General, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. What are you talking about, son? Who's dead? He's dead, General. He's dead. Did y'all kill Shamgar? No. No, fear's dead. Lust is dead. Pornography's dead. Cancer's dead. Heart trouble's dead. Low problem's dead. Diabetes is dead. Oh, it's dead. It's dead. It's dead. He's dead. No, he's dead, Lord. He's dead. General, I thought you said, I thought you said Shamgar was a coward. I thought you said he wasn't going to fight. Sir, let me tell you what I saw. I ain't seen nothing like this in all my life. There's something come over him. There was this man. Oh, there's this man dressed in a white gown. Oh, he was right there with Shamgar. And every time, your, your, your general, he sent fear and depression and anxiety. And they came against Shamgar. And that white man, that man in that white gown, grabbed a hold of Shamgar's arm. And he began to swing like this. Oh, and fear went to die. And depression went to die. And anxiety went to die. Then he sent, he sent this spirit. And he sent that spirit. And attack after attack, Shamgar. Shamgar wouldn't quit fighting. Shamgar wouldn't quit fighting, sir. Let me just tell you. And that man in white, he never left his side. He never left his side. And he said, I'll be with you. Oh, he said, I'll be with you, church. I'll be even in you, even into the end. You're not fighting alone, Shamgar. He said, okay, son. Okay. How many did Shamgar kill? Did he kill five? Did he kill ten, sir? Yes. He got a little bit more than that. Did he get 20? Come on. Can you count a little bit higher? You're going to have to use your toes now. Did he get 50? A little bit more. Sir, did he get 100? Look, young man, quit playing games with me. How many did, did Shamgar kill? Sir, Shamgar, he killed every last one of them. There wasn't a demon left. There wasn't a Philistine left. There wasn't a spirit left. Shamgar. Oh, hallelujah. Shamgar killed them all. There wasn't nothing left in his presence. He stayed there and he piled them up. Devil on top of devil. What about it tonight, church? What about this service tonight? Can you have your Shamgar moment? Won't the musicians come? What about it, church? What about a young person? That spirit of pornography, it's time you have a Shamgar moment. That spirit of lust, 
that says you can't conquer, it's time you have a Shamgar moment. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Shamgar. I said the Spirit of the Lord anointed him for his moment. And Brother Brown says, if there's ever been a time that we should fight, it's now. If there ever was a time that we should stand, it's now. That enemy that's pressed you and tried to hold you in bondage, come on, Shamgar. You're not fighting alone. I want you to know there's a spirit of the Lord that's here tonight. If you got a need tonight, he's here. Just take what's in your hand. You need healing tonight, just take what's in your hand. You need deliverance tonight, take what's in your hand. Oh, what's in my hand, Brother Joe? You got the greatest message ever been preached. I said you got the greatest message that has ever been preached. Take that word tonight. Hang your salvation on it. Put your kids' lives on it. Oh, put your marriage on it. Put your family on it. Put your job on it tonight. Put this church on it tonight. And go to fighting devils. Come on, Shamgar. When the Spirit of the Lord. When the Spirit of the Lord falls upon my heart, I will sing like David saying, when the Spirit of the I will. 